Do you remember a couple months ago when we talked about what we are missing from our lives? You know, for at least a few weeks, at least a few weeks, when the coronavirus, the pandemic, the COVID-19, and all of the sheltering in first started, I had no conversations with people about plans for the future or what might possibly lie ahead of us. Why not? Well, if you remember, you know why not. Because we were all too busy hurting and pining away, me included, I might add, about all the things that were gone from our daily lives, gone from our regular routines, just missing. So what's the chance that the things we long for but still cannot have What's the chance that those things have become, or you might say, thinking about them and longing for them, maybe it's become a burden, and maybe those burdens have become like a chain that binds us. Take a minute, would you? Kind of imagine those burdens as a chain that holds you and prevents you from moving forward in your life today. Well, this week we take another look at the journey of the early church. We're looking at the book of Acts. This time we're looking at a very specific event in Acts chapter 12. About that time, King Herod laid violent hands upon some who belonged to the church. He had James, the brother of John, killed with the sword. After he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the festival of the unleavened bread. When he had seized Peter, he put him into prison, and he handed him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. While Peter was kept in prison, the church prayed fervently to God for him. The very night before Herod was going to bring him out, Peter bound with, listen to this, Peter bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers while guards in front of the door were keeping watch over the prison. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He tapped Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off from his wrists. The angel said to him, Fasten your belt and put on your sandals. And Peter did so. Then he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Peter went out and followed him, and he did not realize what was happening at that very moment. He didn't know that the angel's help was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. And after they had passed the first and the second guard, they came before the iron gate leading into the city. It opened before them of its own accord, and they went outside and walked along a lane, when suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself. He realized it was not a vision at all, and he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hands of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting to do to me. So ends the reading today from Acts chapter 12. Well, you might remember the the story. You might remember much of the details of this story already. 
Here's Peter. He's just another regular guy from Galilee on a mission to spread the gospel and to build the young faith community that we know today as the church. Peter had been preaching and teaching. He'd been healing and converting thousands of, of people to the way. You know, that was the name of the early church, the people of the way. The people who had faithfully handed their lives, lives over to the risen Jesus. But in this particular incident, rather than being presented with vistas filled with new faces to teach about Jesus, Peter now faces the end of his life. All of this at the hands of the cruel and what we know to be the bloodthirsty King Herod, who, by the way, the scripture just told us, had already executed some of Peter's buddies. That's right. In this event, the Apostle Peter finds himself in a predicament, chained in prison with no escape as he waits for a certain death sentence. You know, Peter may have thought his life was coming to a close. Peter, no doubt, was missing his friends. He was missing things, too. He was missing his freedom, obviously. And he was missing out on his newfound mission given to him directly by Jesus and strengthened and enlivened by the Holy Spirit. Yes, the chains that held Peter and the prison gates that shut him out from the world were seemingly an unsurmountable obstacle. And that's what we're talking about today. Those chains for Peter were seemingly an unsurmountable obstacle. Peter, I'm sure, thought his life was going to be cut way short. But God obviously had something else in mind for him. Was it all going to come crashing down so soon? Was it all going to abruptly end with a thud as Peter's head was severed from his neck, which is what tradition says? Would the evil Herod win again? Was the pagan government going to have the final word in the story that Peter had been commissioned to, quote, go and tell to all the nations under heaven and earth, as the Bible says? Or did Peter gain way more than freedom when his chains fell off. Well, speaking of being chained, Wendy and I watched a really good BBC murder mystery last week. Now, one of the main characters is a guy named Mr. Price. Mr. Price, for obvious reasons, is like a dog on a bone because his wife has mysteriously disappeared with no trace absolutely no trace at all, and the evidence points to something really, really strange going on. So here he is, he's sticking his nose around every corner, and he's getting himself in trouble around every corner, and in so doing, he finally ends up chained to a really large, heavy table, and his life is threatened. More accurately, his life is hanging by a thread. Because there he is, he's captured by the criminals, one of them's got a gun, the other one's got a knife, and he's the one who's on the floor, chained up to the leg of this really heavy table. He's obviously trapped, he's scraped, he's scarred, he's bleeding, he's jerking, he's pulling mightily to break free from the chains that bind him. And I don't know about you, 
But I do know what it's like when I'm burdened and when I'm bound by chains. And sometimes I, I'm able to just be quiet and pray. Other times I'm kind of resolve myself to what's going on. And there's other times when I start pulling and pushing and trying to get away from the things that are holding on to me. Well, obviously, we're celebrating this weekend the independence of America. That independence, that historical event that we know happened long ago when a fledgling conglomeration of individual states who knew that a monarchy was not what they wanted as a form of government anymore finally became a unified nation. Yeah, America finally became their own keepers, you might say. And speaking today as an American, isn't it safe to say that we broke the chains? That we gained our own freedom to succeed or our own freedom to fail? But more importantly today, we gained the freedom to set our own course as a nation. Yeah, we gained the freedom to set in place our own laws. We gained the freedom to decide our own fate the freedom to decide what our journey of freedom would be. A journey of freedom, justice, independence. And it's that journey that we've been on now for nearly 250 years. In fact, according to a number of Americans, especially as we have seen in the efforts of black Americans of late in the LGBTQ community for quite some time now, there are still many people Many Americans who are still fighting for equal rights. They're still fighting for justice and the freedoms promised to them so long ago. So, as all of us together turn the corner today, and we think for a minute about the change that we wear, whatever it is that's holding us firmly in place, what do those chains look like? Think with me for a minute in your mind's eye. Let's just take a pause here. What do those chains feel like? What do those chains sound like? And do those chains sometimes just leave a bad taste in our mouths? Are they chains of illness? Are they chains of worry? Maybe they're chains related to financial matters. Are they chains of doubt? Doubt. Oh, yeah. Like how often do we find our catching ourselves saying, what's next? I don't know. Who knows what's next? Maybe they're chains of injustice. Is there a chance that the chains that you experience are chains that are still waiting to experience true freedom? And are these chains actually blinders to the pain and injustice happening all around us? Which would mean here that the chains are by design that we're numb to the rest of the world. Maybe that's what's going on with us. Or maybe, just maybe, we are part of one or both of the above-named groups of Americans who find very little freedom to celebrate on this 4th of July weekend. Okay, what's the chance that those chains are, and I can't think of a better way to describe this than this, what's the chance that the the chains and the burdens that we're carrying around, maybe they're systemic, maybe they're they're underlying, 
and ongoing and probably faceless. In other words, we just feel trapped. We feel held back, held down all the time, and the chains that we wear don't necessarily have a name, you know, like the ones previously mentioned. But we know, because of the cloud that has taken up residence over our head, that those chains are there, nonetheless. Let me give you an example. A friend of mine recently said to me, and this is a quote, who knows, it might be the end of the year before we get back to the church campus. Where did that come from? You know where it came from. Just experiencing that burden, that chain, that's just kind of like a cloud and it's there all the time. It doesn't necessarily have a face. But we know it's there, don't we? You know, I understand chains without a name. Because just the thought of where we are today with the coronavirus taking over our lives or for some completely robbing them of their lives and leaving wounded families behind devastated, virtually any discussions of what our future might hold often reminds me of the many things that I'm missing these days and the many burdens I'm carrying and the burdens that, interestingly enough, often resemble a chain wrapped around my ankles, wrapped around my hands. You know, there's no question that God had something else in mind for Peter, especially in our story today. Peter, the adventurous, impetuous, pioneer church builder, because when his chains fell off, and they clearly fell off, and the iron gate swung open, all because God is the one who made it happen. Peter and his surviving comrades went on, didn't they? They went on to shape and form and build the body of Christ, the church. So where do we go from here? It's been fun talking about church history. I love church history. I think it's been helpful to talk about burdens Burdens that are chains that are wrapped around us. I think it's been helpful to talk about these chains that don't even have a name, but we know they're there. So regardless of the sometimes blasé days that you and I might have that don't seem to point to anything promising, isn't it clear to you that God has something exciting, creative, and wonderful, and maybe mysterious planned for you and me for our future? And since we know without question that we're all bound by some kind of chain, then what's the solution? Or is there a solution? So as the sermon title says, what happens when my chains fall off? Or, maybe more importantly, what causes those chains to finally loosen their eternal grip on me? Well, I already know that there are steps to managing those chains that bind us. You know that as well. But since I'm the guy with the microphone today, I get to share with you my formula. And here's my formula. Number one. Here's number one. Take ownership of the chain that's got a hold of you. Admit that the chain exists. Don't deny that the chain is clamped around you tightly, thereby giving it more power over you than it already has. Secondly, Fully admit that the chains that hold you are way bigger and stronger than you can bear alone. Remember at all times, Jesus 
and his healing nature and power is bigger and stronger, way bigger and stronger than any chain that's holding on to you. Kind of like I heard the other day in my morning devotional. And this is a quote. Why don't we see that we are totally safe with Jesus around? Fourthly, look directly to Jesus. What do I mean here? Intentionally look to Jesus every day, every day, and chip away day by day at being a faith-filled disciple, a follower of Jesus of Nazareth, whose love for us is way more powerful than any chain that could ever hold us prisoner. Five, stay tuned, my friends. Stay tuned for the upcoming summer series from Pastor Mike. The summer series title is Lessons from the Temple. So in closing today, allow me to answer what might be an operative question here. And I hope it is. In what way, Pastor Mike, could a summer sermon series help me with breaking the chains that hold on to me? Well, here's my answer. I think it starts with the fact that we're going to take five to six, maybe even seven weeks this summer, and we're going to look closely at what it means to be a faithful disciple of Jesus. And being a genuine disciple of Jesus, I believe, even with my faults and failures, means that Jesus chips away at my chained-up image, just like a statue where the rock is chipped away piece by piece and I eventually become more like Jesus. I become shaped and formed and molded like a statue into the image of Jesus himself. And as we celebrate this weekend, it means that I become free again. Some of the questions that we're going to answer in the sermon series that I'm mentioning here is, are these. What does it mean to be close to the kingdom of God, but not close enough? Two, in what way do I find myself struggling with being judgmental? Thirdly, again, this is another sermon in this series. If calling Jesus is Lord, if calling Jesus Lord is not going to be enough, what else do I need to be doing or not doing? You know, Jesus was very culpable of engaging love. How can my love be just as engaging as the love Jesus genuinely shares with the world? Fifthly, this is another sermon. What's it going to take for me to be disciplined enough and focused enough and committed enough to faithfully follow Jesus every day? What's it going to take and how am I going to do that? In sermon number six, what exactly does the mystery of God and the mystery of Jesus teach me about being a faithful follower of Jesus? Let me say this one more time today, and I believe this without a question. Your becoming a genuine disciple of Jesus and my becoming a genuine disciple of Jesus even with our faults and failures, means that as Jesus chips away at our chained-up images, we will become 
more and more like Jesus every day. And as we become like Jesus and share his engaging love, don't we become free once again? Ah, so that's what happens when my chains fall off. Amen.